Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 30th of May. India registered more than 1,65,000 cases of COVID-19 and more than 3,400 deaths in the last 24 hours. The total COVID tally now stands at over 2 crores 78 lakh and the death toll has crossed 3 lakh 25,000. These figures are widely presumed to be undercounts. Globally, COVID-19 has infected more than 169.7 million people so far, claiming the lives of over 3.5 million. The central government yesterday announced a scheme under the PM Cares Fund to help children who have been orphaned because of the pandemic. It includes a monthly stipend once the child turns 18, education at a government or private school, and medical aid. Multiple states have also announced financial assistance for such children including Tamil Nadu, Kerala, Karnataka, Bihar, Delhi, UP, Chhattisgarh and Tripura. According to the center, between April 1 and May 25, nearly 577 children across the country have been orphaned after their parents died due to COVID. All India Institute of Medical Sciences director Dr. Randeep Guleria said yesterday that India hopes to vaccinate 1 crore people every day by the end of July. This comes as multiple states face vaccine shortages, with many having halted their drives on multiple occasions and floating global tenders to procure vaccine doses. The Ministry of Health meanwhile said today that 12 crore doses of vaccines were available in the country for the month of June. The government also said that private hospitals cannot provide COVID vaccination packages in collaboration with hotels as it was against the prescribed guidelines. It added that legal action should be taken against such institutions. The news minute reported today that nearly 100 people have tested positive for COVID-19 at a wedding in Telangana. Four attendees died of the infection. Haryana and Goa have extended their lockdowns till June 7, while Kerala's statewide lockdown has been extended till June 9. Delhi too extended COVID restrictions till June 7, but ordered the resumption of manufacturing and construction activities from Monday. Our story of the week this time is the growing unrest in the union territory of Lakshadweep over its new administrator's contentious policies. We shall come back to it later in the episode. The center yesterday reconstituted six empowered groups of officers formed to oversee the COVID-19 response. There will now be 10 such groups including separate panels on vaccination and the availability of oxygen. Each group will have 10 to 11 members. The convener of the Empowered Group for Pandemic Response and Coordination Panel will be Union Home Secretary Ajay Bhalla. In an order, Bhalla said that the decision was taken after a review of the COVID situation in the country. He said that there was a need to reconstitute the six empowered groups into 10 groups to cater to the current need of COVID management. The Empowered Group on Vaccination and Vaccine Procurement will be headed by Niti Aayog member VK Paul according to the order. Giridhar Armani, Secretary of the Ministry of Road Transport and Highways, will be the convener of the 11-member group for medical oxygen. The government's attempt to better manage the pandemic comes as India struggles to contain the second wave of the pandemic. The healthcare infrastructure is overwhelmed across the country. Several states continue to face acute shortages of medical oxygen, COVID beds, vaccine doses, and medicines. Visuals of bodies floating in the Ganges and lined up outside crematoria have left people shocked. Two questions are pertinent at such a time. How prepared was the government after facing the pandemic for a whole year and did it anticipate a crisis of this magnitude to hit India? Turns out, the Parliamentary Standing Committee on Health and Family Welfare produced a report way back in November 2020 predicting a severe second wave of the pandemic. 
the committee noted oxygen and medical shortages during the first wave and clearly indicated that chaos would unfold if these gaps are not plugged. But the Modi government ignored these warnings, to put it mildly, and went ahead with the election rallies and the Kumbh Mela. To know more, go to newslaundry.com and read Meghnath S.'s detailed report titled Parliamentary Panel Predicted Second Covid Wave in November. The Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, Gaston Brown, said today that India has sent a private jet to Dominica carrying deportation documents of fugitive businessman Mehul Choksi, PTI reported. Choksi is wanted by the CBI and the Enforcement Directorate in India for defrauding the Punjab National Bank of over 13,500 crore rupees along with his nephew, diamond businessman Nirav Modi. Choksi was caught in Dominica on Wednesday after he fled Antigua and Barbuda, hoping to flee to Cuba. A Dominican court extended the stay on Choksi's deportation from the Caribbean island country till June 2. His lawyers argued that he could not be sent back to India as he was no longer a citizen of the country. According to the Hindustan Times, a private jet sent by India landed in Dominica on the same day. The Antigua and Barbuda Prime Minister confirmed the development to an Antiguan news portal, adding that the Indian government had sent documentation from the Indian courts that Choksi was indeed a fugitive. He added that the papers will be presented in the Dominican court in the next hearing. Choksi had left India in 2018 when the scam was unearthed. He secured a passport in Antigua and had been living there ever since. Following his detention in Dominica on Wednesday, the Antiguan government refused to take him back. Coming back to our story of the week. The Lakshadweep administration has introduced stringent restrictions on the entry of visitors into the Union territory which will come into effect today, the New Indian Express reported. This comes as several political parties and human rights organisations are planning to send delegations to Lakshadweep to study the slew of reforms proposed by its new administrator, Praful Khoda Patel. When Patel took charge in December, he relaxed quarantine rules for entry into the Union territory, which many believe is the reason for the COVID crisis it currently faces. Lakshadweep did not report a single COVID case in 2020, but now has a caseload of over 7,000 while nearly 30 people have died due to the virus. So, what are these new reforms that have angered the population of Lakshadweep? And who is the new administrator, Praful Patel? Lakshadweep is a group of 36 islands off the coast of Kerala. Ten of the islands are inhabited with a population of nearly 70,000, more than 90% of which are Malayali Muslims belonging to scheduled tribes. Praful Patel is a former BJP leader and Home Minister of Gujarat. His proposals include a beef ban, an anti-Gunda act, though the Union Territory has fairly low crime rates, not allowing non-vegetarian food in school midday meals, ordering demolition of the sheds of local fishermen and lifting the ban on sale of alcohol in the region that has always been under prohibition. Locals and opposition leaders have called these changes anti-people and undemocratic. The anger against Patel spilled over to social media, where the hashtag SaveLakshadweep gained momentum this week. The people of Lakshadweep, who are under a strict lockdown and therefore unable to hold physical protests, believe that the changes proposed by Patel will adversely impact the cultural and environmental dynamic of the island cluster. One of the most controversial draft regulations introduced by Patel is the Lakshadweep Development Authority Regulation, which virtually allows the administration to develop any piece of land it deems fit. Locals fear that this will lead to evictions and land grabbing. Another change is in the district panchayat rules, which proposes to not allow anyone with more than two children to contest panchayat elections. 
Patel has also fired hundreds of contractual and government employees in multiple departments, including teachers, tourism department workers, and Anganwadi workers. The administration is also retrenching marine watchers, a group of people who work to preserve marine life in the archipelago. But it's not just celebrities, activists, and opposition leaders who are criticizing Patel's decisions. The BJP's own general secretary in Lakshadweep, H.K. Mohammad Qasim, wrote to PM Modi against what he described as the pathetic condition in Lakshadweep. Eight leaders from BJP's youth wing also resigned in protest against Patel's decisions. In a situation like this, the media was unsurprisingly a part of the fallout. Lakshadweep's only news organization, Dweep Diary, faced a temporary blockage on some of its reports that criticized the decisions by Patel. The blockage was ordered by the central government. In my report for News Laundry, I spoke to Mohammad Noshad, an editorial member of Deep Diary, who said that one of the blocked reports was a song that asked the people of Lakshadweep to unite and resist the current administration's anti-people policies. Noshad believes that this blockage is a threat to press freedom and freedom of expression. To know more about this and the situation in Lakshadweep, read my report on newslaundry.com titled Free Press is a Casualty as Lakshadweep's BJP Administrator Rips Up the Rule Book. And for a detailed overview of all the changes that Patel is effecting, watch Meghnad's explainer video on our website or YouTube channel. It is titled, Explained, What's Happening in Lakshadweep. Interestingly, another employee of Deep Diary, which runs on the pooled resources of its employees, told me that there have been many attempts in the islands to start local newspapers. However, he said that none of these efforts could sustain because advertisement money was hard to come by since Lakshadweep does not have big companies that would want to advertise their products. But not being funded by advertisement money is what allows the diary to report freely and question the administration like it did. Similarly, here at News Laundry, our coverage is not powered by advertisements from the government and corporations, but we run solely on the support of our subscribers. This lets us do our job as an independent news organization and hold power to account. So if you want the media to bring out news that is in the public interest and not as per the convenience of the powers that be, now is the perfect time to support us. Go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Subscriptions start as low as 300 rupees a month. Yesterday, Tamil poet and lyricist Vaira Muthu, who is facing allegations of sexual misconduct from several women, announced that he will return the ONB Literary Prize amid a row over his selection for the award. Veramuthu's announcement comes after the ONV Academy said that it was reconsidering their decision to give him the award. Prominent actors and celebrities had slammed the decision to give the award to Veramuthu. According to the Hindu, Veramuthu said that those who hold a personal grudge against him have interfered and have made sure that the award given to him is being reconsidered. He said in a video comment, and I quote, I believe that this belittles me and ONV. Therefore, I want to avoid receiving this award in the midst of controversies." Unquote. The poet said he would like to donate the cash prize of Rs 3 lakh to the Kerala Chief Minister's Public Relief Fund, adding that he will also make a personal contribution of Rs 2 lakh. Vairamuthu was accused of sexual misconduct by singer Chinmay Sripada and 16 others during the Me Too movement in India in 2018. Thousands of Brazilians staged nationwide protests today demanding the impeachment of President Jair Bolsonaro over his handling of the coronavirus pandemic that claimed nearly half a million lives in the country. According to AFP, in downtown Rio de Janeiro, some 10,000 people wearing masks marched through the streets, chanting slogans like Bolsonaro genocide or Go away Bolso virus. 
The protests in the capital Brasilia and in Rio de Janeiro were peaceful, but in the northeastern city of Recife, the police used tear gas and rubber bullets to quell the unrest. Demonstrators also assailed Bolsonaro for allowing the deforestation of the Amazon forests and land seizures from indigenous people and said he encourages violence and racism. At the outset of the pandemic, Bolsonaro had dismissed COVID-19 as a little flu and as the death toll has risen steadily in the country, he has gone on to infuriate people in other ways, opposing stay-at-home measures and masks, touting ineffective medications, refusing offers of vaccines and failing to anticipate oxygen shortages that left patients to suffocate. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.